0: Today we are talking about identity and separating it from our, the labels in our lives and who we say we are and all the things that we do and just practicing what we believe in that, practicing our mindset and the stories that we're telling ourselves that have to do with who we are and tell us who we are. So it's going to be fun. Um, last season I felt like I was just sharing interview after interview story after story and they were packed with all these treasures and it just felt like we were breezing by them missing the opportunity to talk about them so this season I'm sharing an interview and then taking a couple of weeks to really dissect it and dig into that good stuff within the within the story and I hope you enjoy that I'm also trying to add more notes kind of an outline of sorts to the show notes so on your screen that you're listening on, if you scroll down, then you can see notes below the play button or whatever. And that's where some details about the show are. Some important links are, put, are placed there. And then also our call to action for the week. So no excuses. You have to do your homework. So you're not just absorbing more and more info. We have plenty of that as we scroll through social media. Um, but we actually want to implement change and grow in our own story. So that's I really encourage you to do. Also, I offer one-on-one coaching for anyone who wants to walk through some of that identity work together. We can dig into who you are uh, deeply, make space for God to show you who He is in your life. And listen, y'all, just straight up, I am cheap, cheap, so come try it. Give it a try. It'd be fun. Stop Pretending is a place for us to take off the exhausting work of being perfect so that God can show us His love for us just as we are Of course, He refines us, He grows us, disciplines us, and invites us to a life that honors Him. But I think the secret in that is that what honors Him is us being authentic. When we learn who God is and really trust Him, we can truly know ourselves Follow the curiosities of our hearts, flow and creativity, and this life that serves others beautifully. It's so fun. I hope you'll listen along. I hope you'll try some new fun this week. Okay, so two weeks ago we heard Jess's story. She is the designer for the foot washing series that's captivated the world. But what captivated me is the way Jess describes her identity. And honestly, it took me a few weeks to really grasp this. What is happening here? Because my first reaction, what I thought Jess was trying to do was just be humble. She says she doesn't think of herself as an artist, but clearly she is an artist. Her her work is her artwork is everywhere. I mean, millions of them. It's she's very very popular. But now I see completely differently. What she's trying to say is that her identity isn't in her work. And so there's this cute little twisty thing she does there. Um, and, and I just, I think I was connecting her to God with a label as an artist. I even said in the interview that an artist worship is easily defined because it's so visible what I meant by that is we can all kind of look at an artist and and think their gift is elite, like a musician or or that kind of thing. Like, oh, wow, their gift is more visible than mine. I wish I could love God that way. Does that make sense? And and in some ways I am teaching. I do believe that what we do, our action is worshiping God. And it is, stay with me, I haven't changed my mind. It is, if you're a drummer, then playing drums is worship, right? If you bake, then the more chocolate chips, the closer you are to heaven, wink, wink. But it's not the whole idea, right? So listen carefully to what I'm trying to articulate. Jess isn't saying that she doesn't see herself as an artist. But why, why not? Why doesn't she see herself as an artist? She is creating art. She's making money doing it. She loves it. When she does it, it glorifies God and shows, shows people a, a path to Him. This is it. She is detaching her identity from being an artist because her motivation isn't to make money or impress people by making art. Her motivation at the core is to love God, obey Him and His heart, is to serve the one, right? We talked about how her art can just penetrate thousands of people and speak to the one, and that is the heart of God in her work. She can love God, obey him, and serve the one through whatever he says to do, and she's committed to saying yes with that, right? Every single day, she described, every single day, she opens her heart to the direction that she trusts he will give, and that's a huge point she trusts he will give direction and she waits for it this is the way walk in it right God says to the left or to the right the Lord is behind you telling with you which way to go and we know God is a God who pursues us reaches out leans down he has made himself available wherever we are so when we do turn to find him he's right there he's right there And so he's going to use every single piece of who we are in order to pursue, in order to chase after the hearts of people. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Not just save them, but seek after them. It says it right there in Luke. He came to seek the lost, okay? So it's really, really cool. I mean, it's just a fascinating concept to consider um, that his heart is for you, And he's going to use so many people to chase after you. And that is just a magical thought. It really is. So basically what I pull from this is if she was completely stripped of making art and couldn't do it anymore, she would still be the exact same person abiding in the love of Jesus, hearing his voice speak to her filling her with life and letting it pour out on whomever is ready to receive by whatever capacity she's given at the time. And so right now, it's, it's this foot washing series or, or the idol series that she's doing, but that's not the only way she serves him, and she is well aware of that. Honestly, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around this sometimes, but also it's super freeing, right? Because it eliminates this idea that we have a one and only purpose. If we mess up or if we miss it, we're screwed, life's over, all done, okay, you missed your chance. No, like quite opposite, right? In everything we do, praise the Lord, whatever we're doing, do it for the Lord. Do it for love. He is love. His mission is love. His mission is reconciliation. And so whatever you are moving toward, whatever you are enjoying at the time, do it on mission, okay? And so um the identity comes in your relationship with him in reconciliation with him. And so okay. Whew, deep breath. Let's see. If this it's just so much. It's it really is. It's so much to wrap your head around. But what's the point of understanding this? Okay? Well, we spend a large amount of time not liking ourselves, right? Let's Let's just face that. We feel like we're not doing enough. We're not doing it well enough. Um, or we just plain out don't like something about ourselves. We don't like our voice or our body or, or whatever. And we insult. We insult God's incredibly detailed and careful design of who we are. Instead of cherishing it, we beat ourselves up. We see our flaws highlighted as if they're the only piece of us that matters. Because uh, we do have flaws. We do. We not one of us has every single thing perfect. You have something great, I have something great, but but we don't have both, right? And so oh my god, that reminds me. One time I told someone that <laughs> okay, this is embarrassing. I just said that I I like her collarbones. Like who says that? That's so dumb. I like your collar you have the best collarbones. Oh my god, y'all, this is ridiculous and embarrassing. But you listen, Collarbones are pretty, right? I have terrible collarbones. I just have like big shoulders or something. I don't know. Anyway, she said, Well, you can't have it all. Let me have something. Like, what? So I don't know what that even means, but but it just shows how silly we are. Like, you know, I have short legs, but good muscles. I don't know. And she has good collarbones and great hair. (laughs) Like We're just ridiculous. We compare ourselves all the time and we spend so much time beating ourselves up. And so we need to face the fact that we don't have it all and that's okay. And, and spend less time perfecting our flaws and more time using our assets, using our gifts and, and loving people. Right. So because, listen, simply put, if we don't love ourselves, we cannot love others. It is not possible to give away what you don't have. Instead, you spend time dissecting her up and down, deciding what we like, how we're better, how we wish we were like her. And that comparison will never fail to steal our joy, steal our confidence. Okay? And we, we hear this message all the time. I was just complaining about children's books. I went to the store I was trying to find a children's book with a story, like a, a problem, a solution, good characters, friends. No, every single book on the shelf is all about, you're enough, you're enough, I, you know, love yourself, blah, blah, blah. It was so boring. I don't like those books. I want a story that has great, interesting details. But so we hear this message of accepting self ourselves all the time. And we're, you know, wishing, I don't know, that our bottoms are perkier or whatever. (laughs) But listen, it's, we're constantly chasing an ideal person and that person's always going to be shifting. Like one day you're following this person and wishing you were like her and another day you're following that person and wishing you were like them. And, and so that goal is always changing. And so how will you ever meet it? Right? Um... I know you know what I mean by this. Listen, okay. Here's an example. <laughs> there were a few years that I decided I was going to sew. I could sew. I listen. The truth is, I was cheap. Okay, I was cheap. I couldn't afford the things that I wanted, and so I was. I was just going to make a way and figure it out. And so I walked into this giant factory fabric sale, and you walk in there and you can't help but feel like like you can be a, a sewer. I don't know. Is that the right word? A seamstress. And you get so inspired and I would just get swept away in all the beautiful home sewn projects. And I decided to make pillow dresses. Is that what they're called? I think so. Pillowcase dresses. I don't know. For my nieces. Okay. And this is one of my most embarrassing moments of my entire life because they did not even fit the girls. It was two little, two little sisters and If I had to guess, I think the mom probably just threw those in the trash because it was terrible. Like, it's terrible. I do not belong in a fabric store ever. And I have endless examples of where I don't belong, how I tried it because my eyes were bigger than my stomach. I wanted something someone else had, and it just didn't fit in my life. It didn't fit. It isn't me. I don't actually want to sew. I want to buy the things I like, but I can't afford them, so... But that doesn't mean I should sew for someone else's daughter to put on her body. Like, no, mm -mm. draw the line. So to move past this, we must understand it. We have to be able to recognize in ourselves when we're doing something because we've seen it done or because someone else is doing it well and we, we feel jealous. We feel jealous. And we instead need to choose a different way, okay? And so I believe... That in order to accept who we are and walk in that identity, we can't just say, okay, yeah, I want that. I want to be a girl who loves everybody. I want to be confident. I don't want to be jealous. No, like we can't just shake that off. We're always going to revert to comparing ourselves to others unless we know God and know his voice because he is true and he is love fully. And knowing what is true in you is going to develop a strong foundation and it's going to produce longevity to your message. It it is what will sustain you when what you're doing, those things that you enjoy, fade away. Those things come and go, you know? Listen to this in Psalm 1. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Isn't that beautiful brooks of bliss? Bearing fruit in every season of their lives. Y'all, okay, I'm gonna read it one more time. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. It goes on to talk about, um, well, what I understand to, to be... People who chase things that are fleeting are just going to blow away in the dust, like dust, right? We want to stand firm, rooted in our identity. I mean, bliss, yes. Who wouldn't sign up? I really, really, really want to dissect this further, and I may do so soon. Watch for a bonus episode. Would you want to do that with me? Would that be fun? Y'all, okay, side note for real, sometimes when I'm saying these things, I just pretend that you're like right here with me, not in your heads real big, smiling with enthusiasm, giving a hearty amen. Yes. So good. One day, one day, one day, one day, I hope to be a part of a group of people who participate in teaching that way. Like, you know, they're so fun when the churches get all into it, cheer during the teaching. I love it. So boring to teach to bored people. Maybe you have to be a good teacher to not teach to bored people. I don't know. But Listen, y'all make note of that because when the day comes, I want you to be ready and I promise I'll do the same for you. I'll, I'll be the loudest on the front row. But listen, y'all, that text in Psalm 1 is rich with grace. He is offering a life of bliss. of bliss. What does that mean to you? Define bliss. Because we know that Life has seasons. It goes on. We can be deeply rooted in our identity in the seasons, right? We're gonna, we're gonna bear fruit by, um, by living in God's design, doing what flourishes in our lives, not doing the things that don't, right? It doesn't have to be hard to worship God. That's what I hear, and maybe, maybe I hear what I want to hear, but. But the word is alive and active, and I believe that. And so in this season right now, this passage is telling me that I can be exactly who God designed me to be, and I can love it. Bring on the bliss by exhaustion, no comparison, no guilt. No, bring on the thrill, the passion, life-giving truth. That is what bliss is to me. So identity is everything, everything. Identity is everything. To be free, we must know who we are in God. Unchanging, unwavering, not blowing in the dust. Able to enjoy ourselves, able to enjoy others. This isn't in the things that come and go. Yes, we can fully enjoy the hobbies and the gifts that God's given us, but our attachment isn't in those things. Our attachment is to who God is in you, and then... I mean, I think that in itself would solve the problem of worrying about what other people have and what you don't have, right? So good. This is so good. I'm going to cheer for myself. So good. I love it. God is good. All right. So this rooted identity in God allowed Jess to say, this is what allowed her to say, I'm not an artist. I'm a missionary. I'm not wrapped up in what I do better than someone else, right? Right? She's not worried about what she does better than someone else or being the best. She's just doing what she feels like she should in that day, and it's good enough for that for that moment. And there is nothing else to worry about because when criticism comes, when, when things feel uncertain, she can stand solid because she knows who gave her that message. She was authentic. She was fully invested. And y'all, I mean... I know you. I know your heart. We want to, to be women who love others freely. We want to use our lives to give love. I want to take my eyes off of myself and be able to enjoy those around me generously, authentically. And our fruit comes when we're aligned with God with our authentic self, believing I have everything I need. But more than that, more than that, I am chosen by God and spoken to Him Or spoken to by Him. I am chosen by God and spoken to by Him. And so if I have one teeny itty bitty little talent or hobby or thing or gift, that is what I'm going to offer up. And that is what I'm going to use. And I'm going to give everything to that thing. And I'm not going to be jealous of others because I am going to be set and focused on on using what I have today. On using what I have. And so, y'all, like, it's it's not just wishing, I don't know, my arms aren't so hairy. <laughs> yeah, I legit get made fun of for that. Like, I obviously, I could do something about it. But come on, you know, it's deeper than that. It's this deep, deep need to know, deep, deep need to know that God chooses me. I was listening to another podcast um, about women and comparison and and seeing the gifts in yourself, and I get that. Like I get that. I don't want us to be jealous of each other. I want us to enjoy each other, enjoy our gifts, because our gifts all combined together make life beautiful. And we need each other, but again, we can't just say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I want that, because we would all do that. But but we do face, we do continue to, um, we do continue to face this problem of wishing we were like someone else. You know, it doesn't just go away that easily. And so it's got to be this genuine change in the spirit, a coming face-to-face with Jesus and meeting him in a space that is our own, not in my space, and I can't do it in your space, but meeting Jesus face-to-face in my own space. And then there's nothing to compare because it's me and him, and it's real, and it sets my mind in a on a solid foundation, you know, everything starts in the mind. And, and, um, and so that's where the change has to happen. You know, it's kind of funny how God tends to use the things we hate about ourselves. Um, I'm not saying he's going to use my hairy arms in any, I mean, maybe he's using them today. Hey. Uh, but when you see yourself with the beauty God created you to be, it's going to set you free. And so I, I encourage you to let what you hate about yourself be untwisted. That thinking is, is twisted up. And so untwist and see it in a different way. See it the way God uniquely designed you to be and let it be your fruit. Almost challenge that thing you hate. Say, hey, I challenge you to serve me. I challenge you to serve others. Because God designed it, and there are people who need you to be you. And so instead of hiding what feels weak in your life, hold it out in two hands and say, okay, God, what can you do with this? Show me. Show me what you can do with this. Because the fruit of your yes is life that helps others. Always, always, always. God is a God who gives life always. Everything He does is forgiving and restoring of life. He's pursuing, he's chasing after after us, and we know that, and so we can use our life to chase after others. And so the things we see that we don't like need to be brought to the altar, surrendered in worship, and then see God do his thing, you know? The Bible says they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise, not wise. So how do we seek wisdom, yeah, I get it. Like, my message feels a little bit mixed, lightly mixed today. Like, are we focused on not comparing ourselves to others? Yes. Are we talking about gaining our identity, our, our identity from what we do? I'll say yes. But the real issue, the truth, the freedom comes from understanding that God is unique in you. You are designed carefully, and when you put yourself in proximity to Him, allowing Him to speak to you, then anything you create from there will be nothing short of beautiful and magnificent. And you won't have a need in the world that anyone else can fill because your cup will be so full of love and it won't help but overflow out to others, right? And that kind of answers last week's question because then you'll have the eyes to see beauty in others, call out their gold. Isn't it so good? Is this sweet truth, Speaking to you today, yes, yes, yes. It's speaking to me. So, question: What am I attaching myself to? What am I labeling myself with? All right, this is our bust a move, bust a move. All right, girls, we got a bust a move. If we're going to grow life-giving beliefs and grow in purpose, then we have to take action, action. So, what's your move this week? Okay, let's put some motion in our lives. I want you to. Make a list of labels that you have on your life, okay? What are you labeling your life with? Who are you? And then who would you be if that label was removed? Would you still be serving God well? Would you know him? How would you be showing him love if you weren't doing things for him? How would you be loving people? And then confess those things because they are not your identity. You are on mission to love and obey God and offer your story as worship. All right. And then that leaves this question of, so what is your identity? And that's what you need to find out and have fun with it. I mean it, like have fun, find your identity, move your body, explore, quit something. Hey, I give you permission to quit something. It's not your identity. And you can't fail because literally every day is a brand new day of opening your heart and listening and stepping bravely toward what you feel is good. Step bravely toward what you feel is good. Step away from what isn't. It might be good for someone else. Doesn't mean it's good for you. All right? Let's shake up. Let's shake it up. Shake those labels off and... Um, move in the spirit. All right. I know sounds so simple. (laughs) Like I said, have fun.